the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast, the betting edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everill from the PGA Tours digital team, and we're here to break down the WGC Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club. Benny, you're in Austin. I know you had to evacuate today, which is Monday. We've got only one more day of practice because, remember, this starts on a Wednesday this week. Any more weather supposed to come in there, or are we going to be safe and clear? Yeah, we should be clear from now on, but, yeah, a pretty strange day. We've had lots of little intermittent rain, lots of wind, and expected big storm this afternoon, so they kicked us out of there. Um, they're saying there might be hail the size of golf balls and other things oh. at one point, but haven't seen any of that personally yet, just some miserable stuff. But supposed to clear up tonight, ready for tomorrow's day, full day of practice, and as you said, we start on Wednesday, so... Make sure you guys are ready to rumble nice and early this week because all the action starts on Wednesday, so and plenty of it happening as well. Absolutely. One of the best days in golf, at least the best Wednesday in golf, certainly. Uh, I like how hail is always described in golf ball terms also. <laughs> Good to know that the weather is just going to fly through there and we should be okay for this thing. All right, let's get to it. We're going to play 18 holes, make 18 bets for this week's Match Play Championship. Benny, you're on the tee. For the first hole. Well, I'm going to go with something that I haven't even seen a market for yet. But I'm going to say that this is my like lock, smashing mm-hmm. it out there from the start. On the first day, you'll see a matchup between Mark Leishman and Kevin Kisner. Yeah. And I'm going to throw everything at Mark Leishman. And Ooh. despite the fact that Kevin Kisner is a runner-up and champion of this event, despite the fact that the front nine especially in this course really suits Kevin Kisner, there is some... Bad blood, some stuff going on between those two. Really? Leishman, fired up for this. I know he'll be fired up. Cast your mind back, 2017 President's Cup, Mickelson and Kisner against Day and Leishman. On the 18th green, Phil makes a putt that guarantees at least a half, and then the two of them start what they call the Three Amigos dance, and I've got another not-so-affectionate name for it where they thrust at each other. (laughs) Forgetting that Leishman still had a putt, to potentially tie that match. Mm. And they took great offense. Leishman missed that putt and they lost that match by uh, one up on that 18th green. It was part of a rout that week. But let me tell you, he's been stewing on that ever since. And I expect that this could be a grudge match that people don't expect is coming. And so I'm going to go big on my Aussie mate. I know he'll be absolutely fired up on Wednesday. Ladies and gentlemen, there he is, the Aussie whisperer. She says, you come from a land down Comes from a land down under. So when he says Mark Leishman, listen to Mark Leishman. I know a lot of people are going to like Kevin Kisner this week, but that is some very good intel right there. Okay, hole number two, and I'm going to start out with my first four holes. I'll tell you right off the bat are going to be players to make it out of their respective groups. And I think there's some good value in these. I'm going to start with group nine. My favorite player to make it out of any group. I don't like Bryson DeChambeau coming out of pool A this week, coming off that wrist injury, still kind of working his way into shape. I don't really like Lee Westwood or Richard Bland, the other two guys in this group very much, which leaves Taylor Gooch. Last year, he was the lowest ranked player to make it into the field. Didn't play great, but I like the fact that he's got some experience in this format, some experience on this golf course already at plus 225. 
I love Gooch to make it out of that group. And I'll be talking to some more Gooch later on as we move on throughout our holes here on the podcast. That's so interesting, mate, because that was one of the hardest groups I found to pick whatsoever. And really? I didn't end up going with the Gooch man, but I have no good reason. <laughs> so okay. other than I went with Westwood just for, you know, experience in the format, but he's ancient these days. So I can't mount a good argument against your Gooch call. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, Gooch was like one of the first ones that I looked at and said, okay, there's a guy that should win this. You've given a precursor to what you've got coming. I'll say that the back nine will, for me will feature potential group winners and guys out of each area, if you will, rather than the group themselves. We have A players, B players, C players, and D players in each group. Now, on average, let me tell you, since we've gone to that, the round of 16 will have probably five players out of group A. It'll actually have four players from group D and group B and only three from group C. Keep an eye on those D players. Ben, last year, one player from Group A advanced to the round of 16. John Rahm was the only one. And eight players, half of the pool deers made it into the round of 16, which is crazy. Yeah, like honestly, the overall, the seedings, if you will, overall matches last year, the lowest, the worst seed, if you will, actually won more times than the better seed in last year's tournament. It was a different one. It was different for the books. And look, we still average, say, five. A players going, despite the fact only one went in last year. So I'm going to sort of still think that we're going to get some A players through this year. But who knows? Anyone in this field can beat anyone. It's like the NCAA March Madness having not just St. Peter's, but six other teams just like St. Peter's with similar seeds getting through to the round of 16. It just doesn't happen in that sport. Maybe get one each year, two each year, something like that. Here, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. With that, I'm going to sort of look at some of my long shot, if you will. And that's I'm just looking at guys over 100 or 90 to 1 or something or other and might have a chance. Sure. This is a name that will come from nowhere for a lot of you, but Mackenzie Hughes, 130 to 1. Why would I pick him in DJ's group, Max Homer, Matthew Wolf, as a person to maybe look at? Quite simply because he's one of only a very few players in this field that has actually won over 30% of holes he's played at Austin Country Club over a select period of time. He has a lot of wins. He's just had a few losses as well in those holes, but he knows how to play the course. So at 130 to one, he's someone that you can have a look at that if he catches DJ a little sleepy in that first match, which is what what it is uh, on Wednesday, he could be one who surprises. Another one to look at in the long shot is Keegan Bradley, 90 to one. Also, I think coming out of the Jordan Spieth, Rose, Adam Scott group, now, Spieth, to me, should come good out of there. He seems to do well when he goes mano a mano, but he also makes a lot of mistakes in these formats. And Rose and Scotty, well, they just don't make enough putts generally in this format to do well. So they're my long shots to have a look at. Mackenzie Hughes and Keegan Bradley. Okay, well, I've got, in fact, my next two picks are directly correlated to both of those names. So I'll stay on the positive side of it. I have one agreement, one disagreement with you, Benny. I'll go with the agreement first for hole number four. I've got Keegan Bradley coming out of that group 11, the only group with four major champions in the same group. Jordan Spieth is going to be a tough out. We get that. Then there's Adam Scott and Justin Rose, as you mentioned. Keegan Bradley with top 12 finishes in four starts so far this season, including a solo fifth in his last start at the Players' Championship, plus 300 to advance out of that group. I do like Keegan a lot this week. Good stuff. Okay, I'm going to go to now a group that you should look at and just enjoy yourself looking at it, and that's group 10. Now, I think you can go to this one and just have a crack. Uh, To me, it's one that 
it opens itself up. You've got Louis Oosthuizen at 200, who would be my choice, by the way, as the favourite out of that group. But then you've got Norrin, another one who actually has done well winning holes at this Austin Country Club before, 275. Paul Casey, a match play specialist, 225 in form. We just saw him play well at the players. And Connors is a ball striking machine. If he just putts half decent, could surprise all of them. So my point there is... If you're looking for something of value and it's sort of still going to give you a reasonable chance on all four players, that's the group I like. You can look at it inversely and think, oh, how am I going to know which one wins? I just think you're just getting value for your guess, if you will. Louis for me, but that is one to definitely have some fun with. That is one where we should set an over-under of approach shots to miss the greens because I don't think those guys are missing too much. Four flushers <laughs> in that group. All right, sixth hole. I'm going to go with a group eight play. I mentioned a couple of corollaries to some guys you mentioned. You like Mackenzie Hughes in this group. I'm going to go Max Homa. Max Homa at plus 230 to get out of that group, to beat DJ, to beat Mackenzie Hughes. It's a nice play. Max Homa has been very solid lately. They also have Matthew Wolf in that group who hasn't played his best golf lately, which is a shame because I'm not sure anyone else's game matches up for these match play format as well as Matthew Wolf, who could go out there and just make tons of birdies, a couple of bogeys, doubles, triples, whatever it is, and not get too adversely affected by them. But I do think Homa's consistency will serve him well this week. I'm going to look at one of the groups that I did enjoy, Group 14, I think it is. I really like my man, or Wako Neiman, coming out of that 240. He wasn't favorite in the group there, so I figured there's some value. Brilliant, obviously, at the Genesis Invitational. Tricky little group with Russell Henley and Kevin Nahr, who, if they get their putter going, are ridiculously good in this type of format. The course, as I said, the front nine suits those two guys where the Bombers don't get any extra play. But if Neiman can get through those matches by surviving the front nine and then unleashing on the back nine, I think he can do really well in this tournament. The wild card there is the last man in, Mav McNeely. If you're looking for a little bit of value... Nothing to lose. What was he, 290, 300, 310 to come out of that? I do like McNeely there. I thought it was very interesting that Neiman is the higher-ranked player, and yet Henley is the shorter number. It's close, plus 220 to plus 240, but Henley is the favorite to get out of that group. All right, I've given you three players to get out of their group so far that weren't the favorites. I'm going to give you one who is the favorite, but I still think there's value. Group one, number one-ranked player in the world, John Rahm, top seed, plus 150 to get out of a group that includes Cameron Young, Sebastian Munoz, and Patrick Reed. I don't think that's a very tough group for John Rahm to advance from. I get it. Young's played some good golf lately. Munoz's been okay. Patrick Reed is a match play assassin, but he hasn't played great lately. If you combine Reed's intensity and fire with the form of Young or Munoz, I think you might have something, but that's not how it works. They're all separate players. And so I'm going Robert plus 150. Like I said, I think that's a really good number. I got him coming out of the group too there, mate. The only concern that I would have is that he's had a few putter woes lately. Yeah. I think this is the week that turns that around. I think the competitive fire in Ram is going to come out. I think he'll make the putts that matter. And I think the fact that those other guys are somewhat out of form or not really the matchup that can trouble him could be what makes things turn around just in time for John Rahm heading to Augusta in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Well, well, nine. I got one funky one. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it now. There is a market that I found for biggest win of the week. Yes. Uh, normally, I would not go anywhere near something like this, but I saw that five and four was 12 to one. Now, look, last year, six and five, I think, happened three times, and that ended up being the, the top mark. And there's been bigger. We've seen Tiger, you know, the 10 and eights and the, the nines and the eights. But 
I don't know why, but five and four for me seems like it could hit at 12 to one. I liked that number. It just jumped out at me. I might have a little nibble there. Benny, I swear, you and I have done no prep talk between us. We have not looked at each other's notes. As we make the turn, we go to the 10th hole. Next thing on my card says, biggest match margin, six and five, which you said, yeah, happened a few times last year, plus 150. I have six and four down at plus 1,200. So if you're looking for a good value, either five and four or six and four, the biggest match margin for somebody to win this week. That's really funny that you and I are essentially on the same page with that. Maybe play them both at 12 to one. You sort of double your chances of hitting one of those and you're still looking at a total of six to one if you take them both together. So I think that's a pretty smart play right there. All right, 11th hole, mate. Now we're going to go into the brackets of players, if you will. We'll start with 11th and my top D player that I think could contend and possibly win here. Bubba Watson, 65 to 1, former champion, plays well at Austin Country Club. I think it's 16 to 1 just to be in the top four. I think there's a way he can get there. He has to get through, I think, Shoffley or Scheffler or one of the two to do that, but I think he can. And I think there's some value there as the D player, 65 to 1. Again, one of those players I mentioned earlier, 33% of the holes he's played at Austin Country Club, and he's been there for every version. He has won, so he knows how to get it done around this joint. I've got an interesting one here. In group seven, Xander Shoffley's the favorite, and it's a weaker group, but it's weaker in that we could find some value somewhere. Takumi Kanaya, former number one ranked amateur in the world, yeah. plus 300 to get out of that group. Now, I don't mind it. In fact, I kind of like him. I might have to upset a Xander Shoffley and a Tony Finau, but it can happen. Those guys aren't playing great golf right now. What I think is really interesting is that for nationality props, for a low Asian for the week, for the Asian okay. player to advance the most, Takumi Kanaya is plus 700. So he's plus wow. 300 just to advance from his group, but plus 700 to only beat Sung JM and Siwoo Kim. And so I look at that and I go, there's tremendous value in that number. I don't quite understand why there's such a large disparity between the two, but I think Takumi Kanaya plus 700 low Asian and those nationality props on DraftKings this week is a really smart play. Yeah, I was just looking to see who that he might have to come against. And you, you've let us know with Sung J.M. and Siwoo Kim. Now, Siwoo Kim obviously can be lights out, but he can also shoot a million. So he's one to sort of steer clear off in the early rounds of these competitions, I think. But we'll go to the next hole for me. My B player that I've said to have a look at, Sung J.M. Oh. I do think that Sung J.M. can make some waves in this tournament given his ball striking prowess, although it hasn't been up to its usual standards of late. I do think he can come out of the group and then he will find himself in my bracket coming up against Scotty Scheffler a bit later on. But Sungjae M, he's got bit a bit of a... Cantley and Killer Keith. Yes, well, I know you're big on your man, uh, Keith Mitchell, and I know he'll be fired up and ready for the fight. I just think that that first match is going to be one that takes out of both those guys. Honestly, I think Keith Mitchell is going to play Patrick Cantlay back into form and that could be a tie. And then I think that the guy who is going to sneak through because of that is Sung Jae-im. Now, Seamus Power obviously been playing somewhat decent, but I think he's tiring and starting to fade a little. I saw him as the person who could sneak under the radar, if you will, after what I expect to be a huge Mitchell-Cantlay match on Wednesday. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be one of my favorite ones. I named about six on Twitter that are my matches to watch this week. And that's certainly one of them, Cantlay and Mitchell. Two guys that I like a lot moving forward. And I want to see some form out of Cantlay 
before they get to Augusta in a couple of weeks yeah. time, because he's a guy that I really like, but I've got to see something from him this week. I don't right. like that 165 number out of his group. Yeah. I just think that's too short. Let's go to the 14th hole. I mentioned Taylor Gooch earlier. Taylor Gooch to reach the semifinals, finishing the top four this week at plus 1,600, 16 to one. It's a ball strikers golf course. The wind should blow there. It's usually a little exposed. And so if the wind starts blowing a little bit, Taylor Gooch is a good wind player. 16 to one feels like a good number to me. 15th hole, I'm going to give you someone out of the C bracket of players. This is the one that usually doesn't do that well. But given my very first pick this week was Leishman over Kisner, I am going to say Leishman top four is 14 to one, I think, and 60 to one to win outright. I think if Mark Leishman can get past Kisner, then he gets a grudge match against Justin Thomas, of all people. He has very fired up to beat. I won't divulge all the extra information on that matchup, but let's just say it's another one which will have Leishman super fired up. And if you can get through that, I can see him actually getting a path and having a way through to the final four where he will probably meet some tough opposition. But, you know, if the wind is up, he's your wind player. Uh, If he makes his putts, he'll be very difficult to beat. I will save my thoughts on that one for a minute because uh, let's just say I'm not fading Justin Thomas this week. But (laughs) as we get to hole 16, I'm going to give you one of my long shot plays. He's high risk, high reward. He's got a high ceiling, but a very low floor. You mentioned this about Siwoo Kim. I feel very much the same way about Thomas Peters. He's in group 12, has to go against Billy Horschel, the defending champion, but I think he can take on Horschel. Tom Hoagie, I know a lot of people like right now, but I'm okay with fading Hoagie a little bit. Minwoo Lee has not shown much since coming over to the U.S. So Thomas Peters, plus 250 to get out of his group, plus 2,500 to reach the semifinals. That's 25 to one to get to the final four. And then 100 to 1 for an outright play. It's got a lot of offensive firepower, plays some aggressive golf, might make a big number here and there, but that doesn't bother me too much in this format whatsoever. I do love the bloke too. He definitely loves the competition. And I'll tell you what he doesn't like, Americans. Anytime he goes up against a Yank, you might want to back him. All right, look, my actual tip to win the whole thing, which flies in the face of the upset I said way earlier, is... Dustin Johnson mm. he has been forgotten. Just like I said before, when I said, I think a few guys are going to be played into form. Ram, I think is one of them. Cantlay is going to get some juice going again. I feel like this week as the masters comes up, I think Dustin Johnson is so far forgotten, despite the fact that he's still obviously a great player and wasn't that long ago, number one player in the world, former champion here. I think that if he's got his head screwed on, he has a path right the way through that looks not too difficult, although he would meet Ram at some point, and that would be an absolute blockbuster if they did in the final eight. I'd love to see that happen. I'm liking DJ. I haven't got a lot of gravitas behind it. He obviously hasn't been in great form. He obviously has had some issues, but I just feel like this is one of those weeks where you throw half the form out the window and see what happens, and he's a competitive little bugger. I expect big things. And look, my actual final four, if you want to look at the bracket, is DJ, Scheffler, Shoffley, and Leishman. But look, Leishman, as I said before, is that there's a lot of that to do with emotion and the fact that I'm Aussie and I think he's got some good grudge matches to go up against. You can easily take Leishman out and put JT in. Same group. Justin Thomas, I think he would make the run all the way through if he came out of that group as well. So we rarely see it, but imagine we could have DJ... Scheffler, Shoffley, and JT in the final four. We've been 
killing for something like that in this tournament for a long time. It's never going to happen. I, I'm just convinced <laughs> it's never going to happen. But I'm glad you said and you admitted that we could take Leishman out and put JT in there because that's exactly what I'm going to do. I came into this with no preconceived notions. I came into this not saying, hey, when the brackets come out, my winner is going to be so-and-so. I literally went through match by match, went down the whole bracket list, pitted guys against each other. At the end, I came up with my favorite outright, Justin Thomas. Look, my advice is to play some bigger numbers this week. I yeah. wasn't looking to play a guy with a short number because that usually doesn't cash. Billy Horschel was 32nd in the field as far as seeding last year, two years before that in the previous edition. Kevin Kisner was 48th. And so it doesn't usually play out that one of the game's best players goes out and wins this thing. But we saw Justin Thomas compete again and contend at the Valspar Championship. He's now got top eight finishes in seven of his last 10 starts. He said afterwards, patience, patience, patience. It's coming. He knows a big one is coming. I don't think he's superstitious about, hey, let's not win two weeks before the Masters. I want to save it all up for Augusta National. He'd be just fine going out and getting a trophy this week, then taking a week off and going to get a green jacket after that. And it very well could happen. He's playing some great golf right now. If he figures out that putter over the next few days, Watch out for Justin Thomas. Really like him this weekend. Benny, since you gave your final four, mine is JT, Peters, Casey, and Gooch. I don't think you and I have any of the same picks this week, so hopefully we have <laughs> thoroughly flummoxed all the listeners out there. As I said, that's what happens with this. And the beauty is just get in and watch these outside of the President's Cup Ryder Cup. It's my favorite that we have all year. I love seeing these guys come out of their shell and get into the competition, if you will, the head-to-head mono-mono. You really find out which guys are there for trophies and which guys are there for cash. Let me tell yep. you that. Yep. You find out who wants to win, who cares? That's why I've got little Xander there in my uh, top four, mate, even though he's had three cracks at this at Austin. He's had the chance on his own shoulders to get out of the group all three times. He has let himself down each time. Last year, it was Scheffler who was playing in that final match on Friday. They tied through 18 holes and had to then keep going. Sudden death, you know, the way these things work out before he fell to Scheffler, who ended up going on and winning the whole thing. In previous years, Xander lost to Sergio Garcia and Rafa Bello in 18 and 19 when he had the group in his own hands. He just had to win his final match and he was in, but he wasn't able to do it. That'd be something that got him fired up. All good points there from Ben Everill. Good luck trying to figure this stuff out because this is as hard as they come for the entire year. But thank you for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with your bets for the WGC. Dell Technologies match play. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>